0: Welcome back friends, it's good to see you again. Hello, my name is Dr. Dwayne McKee with the Adventist World Radio, President of Adventist World Radio. We have a thousand radio stations around the world. Exciting things are happening in today's world. Earth's final countdown, we're going to see what's going to happen in just the next, next bit. My, as you look at the world today, crazy stuff. People are asking the question, what is the mark of the beast? Is it in an injection? Are we going to have our DNA changed? What is the mark of the beast? Stay tuned, we'll be right back. Earth's final countdown, here we go. Buckle your seatbelts, we're gonna look at the mark of the beast. What is the mark of the beast? It's in the Bible, people have been hearing about it, talking about it, lots of theories out there. We're gonna look at this, we're gonna look at, it's kind of tied to, well, we were just with the topic last time when when the whole world wanders. Now we're gonna continue with that same topic. Stay with us, it's gonna be very, very exciting. By the way, if you have questions, if you have prayer requests, and I have a special surprise too. We have a special book on the mark of the beast. Just just say it's called the Great Controversy. It's about the mark of the beast. Just just text us to WhatsApp plus one two two four two 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 zero seven seven seven. That's with WhatsApp plus one two two four two 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 zero seven 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 or if you just want to text us on SMS, just go ahead and, and text 224 and then say, I want that free book. I want the book on the mark of the beast and we'll get it to you right away There, by email. You'll get it and be able to read it. It's thrilling and exciting. Now remember to subscribe, click like, and then hit the bell, it'll go ping. <laughs> kind of fun to hit that bell. Hit that bell, it tells us, it just reminds us, it helps us as we, when we go back and we get numbers because then YouTube, uh, broadcast this themselves and advertises it and it makes it more important for them. Wow, here we go. Buckle your seat belts again. Exciting things are ahead. Remember, it's all about Jesus. If it weren't for the empty tomb in Jerusalem, if it weren't for Jesus, if it weren't for the fact that God gave his only son, wow. It, 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 we wouldn't be here. I, I wouldn't be a Christian. I wouldn't have this hope that Jesus is coming again to take us to the heavenly home that he's preparing for us now. It's all about Jesus. And three things. We're at the end of the book. That's the Bible. All the great prophecies in the Bible. God's word have been fulfilled. Also mama's prayers. I wanna talk about my mother's prayers in just a minute. And then God has a plan. He has a plan for your life. He has a plan for my life. Puzzle pieces. Let me Let me just share with you uh, we, we keep talking about the puzzle pieces, just to kind of bring us up to where we are, uh, give a little background to help us to understand. First, the first night, if you haven't seen the first one, this is all kind of foundational, it's fundamental. to Everything we're doing is about Daniel too. It's about that metallic image, remember the head of gold. Remember this, with that that metallic image, it tells us we're living in the feet of the image, 10 toes. 10 toes, and it's very important because you remember that we're gonna talk about seven horns and 10 toes, and there's a lot of stuff in there that really is significant. The important thing to remember though, we learned this, there's no one world order. Oh, we know that Napoleon, we know that that Kaiser Wilhelm, we we know that, that, that Hitler, they all tried to unite and have a one world government. There'll never be a one world government. No globalism. Oh, they're gonna try, they're gonna try to make us come together and worship on one day and we're gonna say there's a death decree coming, it's all with the mark of the beast. There's no great reset. You you wait and see. It's amazing what is happening right now. What a time to be alive. I keep saying to my wife, Kathy, Kathy, so many things exciting are happening. What a time to be alive. Wow. We we turn to the Bible, and and as as we have looked at this in one of the other studies, remember, to know exactly what day you're supposed to worship on. The Bible tells us the Lord has a day. That's over in Revelation, we looked at that. The Lord's day is the Sabbath day, it tells us. We know that from what Jesus said. He said he's Lord of the Sabbath. And number three, the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. So we kind of, we put that together again. We'll come back to that in a few minutes. You'll be excited as we keep studying. Some people ask, well, how do you know exactly what day is the Sabbath? Remember, we just studied this. Now, so so how, how can we find, how can we know for sure which day of the week is the Sabbath? Well, it's pretty easy. We just simply go back to the story there in Luke chapter 23, uh, it tells us that Jesus was crucified on Friday, which we call Good Friday and which is called the Preparation Day. There are only two days in the Bible that have names. Number one, of course, is the Sabbath. Number two is the preparation day, the day before the Sabbath. That's the day Jesus was crucified on, the day we call Good Friday. He was in the tomb on the Sabbath, and then the first day of the week was the resurrection. And so that, that kind of helps us understand that it's pretty easy to know which day of the week is the Sabbath. This is the seventh day, just like your calendar says. So salvation, what about how, how remember we had this topic just, a couple of weeks ago on salvation. Well, salvation is a free gift. It has to be a free gift because of the truth about me. Ephesians chapter two, verses eight and nine. It's a free gift. You can't buy it, you can't steal it. <laughs> it's a free gift, right? The reason it has to be a free gift is because of the truth about me and you. In Romans chapter 3, 23, it says, all have sinned. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Number three, the wages of sin is death. I deserve to die. <laughs> that's right, that's what the Bible says. Romans six twenty three. all have sinned. The wages of sin is death. And then number four, Christ died for us while we were still sinners, yet sinners. Romans 5, 8, I love that, don't you? While well, I was a, a sinner, still a sinner, Jesus died just for me. For God so loved the world that He gave His only unique Son, His only begotten Son, that whosoever, that means, do you know we're all whosoever's? That, that's a powerful text, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Whosoever. Salvation's a free gift. It has to be a free gift because we've all sinned. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. While we are still sinners, Jesus died for us. How do you receive it? Well, it's pretty easy. Revelation chapter 3.20 says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. When someone knocks at your door, what do you do? Well, you open the door say, come on in. When Jesus knocks at your door, He stands at your door, He wants to come in and take control of your life. Once He comes in, number one, He forgives us our sins. That's right. He gives us hope. He forgives us our sins. If we confess our sins in John chapter 1, verse 9, 1 John 1, 9, if He confesses our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. If we confess our sins to Him, then He forgives us. Number two, he gives us the power to become the sons and daughters of God, John one12 Isn't that wonderful? Thank you, Lord, for the gift of salvation. Now, some people ask, well, you talked about baptism. Who should be baptized again? Number one, if you had never been baptized like Jesus, you need to be baptized again. You don't have to go to the Jordan River. No, you, you can do it in a baptistry anywhere in the world. You, you can do it in a river anywhere in the world but if you've never been baptized like Jesus, according to the Bible, you need to be baptized. Also, number two, if you've been baptized like Jesus, but you've drifted away, maybe you got kind of caught up in kind of all this political stuff or whatever, and you you lose your sight on Jesus, then you can be rebaptized. And number three, if you learn new truth, then you should be re-baptized. The Bible says that, makes it very, very clear. Let's have prayer together, shall we? Father in heaven, we're looking at a very interesting topic, a topic that a lot of people in the world are asking, what is the mark of the beast? Is it, is it an injection? What's going to happen? Is it a stamp on my hand or my forehead? Well, Lord, as we look at the Bible, because we know as we, if we go to the Bible, we will find truth. We can see what the answers are. And we just pray that you'll bless us now as we open your word and look at the Bible, because we know if it's in the Bible, I believe it. If it's not in the Bible, it's not for me. I thank you in Jesus' name, amen. I wanna show you a picture of my mother. This is uh, on our farm in Oklahoma, where I grew up, and this is her garden. Uh, she's 90 years old here. She holds the whole thing by hand. It's about a half an acre. In the background, you see, well, there's a road grader, and then the plants in front. It's an amazing picture. Let me tell you, when I was there, it was a number of years ago, and I, I, it was early one morning. The cows were sold, the, the barn was empty, And I was out walking and I I heard some noise. I heard somebody talking and I got closer to the barn and I could hear my mother. My mother was praying. That's right, she was praying. I said, I listened. I kind of felt like I was on holy ground as I listened to my dear mother pray. She prayed for me. She prayed for my kids. She prayed for the grandkids, each one by name. She prayed for my sister and her kids, each one by name. And I got tears in my eyes as I came out and listening and mother, she came out and and, uh, she had a little Kleenex, she always had one and she kind of wiped her her eyes and and, uh, came over to me and she said, uh, oh, you were listening. I said, oh mother, I'm so sorry. But that is such a wonderful experience to hear you pray for us. And she had more tears in her eyes. My mother used to say, I'm strong on prayer. (laughs) And over the years I've learned to believe in prayer because of my mother. Let me tell you about a story and we'll show you a little video clip here in Mendoro uh, where we've been praying for a group of people there for, well, for at least four years, we've been broadcasting into the mountains. These are rebels. This, this rebellion's been going on. It's a communist rebellion. Terrible, actually. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people have died. The military have told us we're sick and tired of being shot at and killed. We're, we're tired of, 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 of retaliating and killing our own people. And so we've been working with them and many are being baptized and accepting Jesus. We were there not too long ago and we were doing a little training. I had a little video projector and uh, I, I gave it to a number of the rebels who had given their hearts to Jesus and were, were baptized. And as I, I gave it to this one, he told me, do you know who I am? And I said, no, he told me, he was, he was the paid assassin. He, was, he said, I killed the mayor in this town. And, and he had given his heart to Jesus. Now we were training him to take the video projector a little battery operated video projector to go up in the mountains there in the Mendoro where the rebels controlled the whole center part of that island. And he'd take the video projector and he's gonna tell people about Jesus. The next day we had planned with our team to, to walk up into the mountains and meet many of these rebels who were giving their hearts to Jesus and the general of the whole group and baptize them. Well, we got up about three o'clock in the morning and, and we took off and. We drove and drove and drove, and finally we turned around and drove back a different direction. Just wanted to make sure that we weren't being followed by the military because there's such stress between the rebels and the military. Even though we have a good relationship with both, we were trying to keep peace. And so we finally got to the staging point and then we, we got out of the vehicles and they had a little a little drink for us. And then we walked up through a river going up to the mountains and we got up there and we waited and waited and waited and finally, Oh, an hour or so went by and another hour and we, we went into a little place and we waited and waited. They were supposed to come down so we could go to the river and baptize them, but they never came. And finally they sent a message to us. Kathy, was, she was kind of a little stressed and Cammie was stressed and, <laughs> and our team was. And so we, uh, he told us, he says, you know, the military, we have spotted them in the jungle below you and we're up here on the mountain. And if we come down for the baptism, you're going to get caught in a crossfire. You better get out. <laughs> so, yes, so we all got out and we walked down through the river again. Kathy was hanging on my arm and <laughs> we were having a great time, but we knew it was very dangerous too. So we, we knew that somebody was praying for us. Jesus says he's praying for us. He's praying for you. we're excited about what is happening. Just last week, just last week, we got a message from the rebels, 46 of them. They said they're, they're assassins. They said we want to lay down our AK-47s, and we want to we want a Bible. And we want Bible studies, and we want to prepare for baptism. So just just in a few weeks, we're praying as things work out over there that our team can go to Mindoro. The governor of both provinces in Mindoro, this is in the Philippines, both provinces, wants to be baptized. The general in charge of all the all the rebels. He wants to be baptized. Other generals are coming down. We've have, we have heard that maybe as many as 200 rebels will come down to the ocean, surrender their, their rifles, pick up a Bible, and be baptized. Wow! This is such a, as AWR broadcasts in all these areas, the whole point is to see people's lives changed. And it's through prayer. It's only by prayer, by God's grace, they can accept that free gift of salvation that we talk about. Remember, the gift of salvation has to be a free gift because we've all sinned. Wow, someone has said that the, the the ground at the foot of the cross is level. None of us are good enough to be saved. It's only by God's grace. Only because of Jesus, our sins are forgiven. He casts our sins into the depths of the sea. I like to think that up a little, pops a little sign that says, no fishing here. <laughs> Once our sins are forgiven, they're, they're forgiven. He casts them into the depths of the sea, and so it is with the rebels, even though they've been assassins, they've done horrible things. Jesus speaks to their hearts, they're changed, they take the Bible, they study God's word, and they make decisions to follow Jesus. What a message God has given us to share with the world that Jesus is coming soon. Jesus said, go into all the world, preach and teach and baptize. Wow, yeah. Next topic, by the way, Next topic will be the keys, revelations keys and near near death experiences. Yeah. Have you ever wondered what happens to you when you die? Have you ever heard people say, I know what happens? One one time we were we were in Montana and went to the dentist's office. And and this lady, she was working there, she was a receptionist. She I got it figured out, I got it all figured out. What's that? Well, when you die, well, if you're really good, you're gonna come back into, well, maybe a better person then, or if you're really bad, then you're gonna be an animal. And I said, oh really, is that in the Bible? Well, we're gonna look at it next, next meeting. You'll, you'll be excited as we learn and study what God says. Remember, if it's in the Bible, I believe it, if it's not in the Bible, it's not for me, but well, go to God's Word. It doesn't matter what your Aunt Susie tells you, it doesn't matter what your Uncle Ben says, or your neighbor, what matters is what God says, what God says. Isaiah twenty-eight, ten tells us we study precept upon precept, line upon line, here little and there little. You line it all up, Death on death, what happens when you die? You take every text in the Bible, and you put it all together on death, and you put it all together, and you find out exactly what happens when you die. Wow, we're gonna find out next time, right? Today's topic is the mark of the beast, the man 666. What's this all about? Well, let's get right into it. What does 666 mean? We're gonna get there. Re- remember, as we had said before, that this, go back to Daniel, the books Daniel and Revelation are sister books in the Bible. They explain to each other. We're gonna look at a time period that's mentioned seven times in Daniel in Revelation. God is saying this time period of 1,260 years is very important. He says, I want you to get it. And so we're going to look at that carefully. We're going to find out who is the beast, what is the mark, and this DNA. Is our DNA changed when we get an inoculation or a vaccination? What is this business about 666? What does it really have to do with me Again, we're going to go to God's word. If it's in the Bible, I believe it. If it disagrees with the Bible, that's what Cammie says is the same thing. If it's not in the Bible, it's, it's not for me. So we want to go to God's word. Let's go to Revelation chapter 14 and begin there. Then a third angel followed them saying with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast, remember, we're talking about here. In, we're going to be talking about a dragon. A dragon is Satan in Revelation chapter twelve. It's very clear. We'll come to that. A beast is just one of the world powers. Uh, we had said before that if you that we have animals that represent different uh, different countries. Russia is a, uh, what is Russia a bear? And London, England is a lion. Uh, America is an eagle. And so you had these different animals. So these are just beasts. It's just an animal. It's all it is. And we're looking at a religious political beast, animal. And so we'll be looking more and more closely at that and identifying it as we had done back in the previous meeting with the whole world wonder. So if anyone worships the beast and his image and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, Revelation chapter 14, verses nine and 10 in the New King James Version. We're using that version most all the time. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard. Also in Revelation 13 too, was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon, that Satan remember, gave him his power, his throne and great authority. Well, let's keep reading. This kind of puts it all together now. Remember the 10 characteristics of the beast. Number one, the dragon, Satan, gave the beast this this world political religious power that we saw last time his power his gave the beast his power and authority. Okay? So let's let's look at Daniel chapter seven verses seventeen and twenty-three now. Those great beasts which are four, so it, you see it's tied together with Revelation, are four kings. Oh that makes it more clear, doesn't it? Are four kings which arise out of the earth. Again, thus he said, the fourth Beast shall be a fourth kingdom on earth, which shall be different. One translation says diverse, but it's just different from all the other kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, trample it, and break it in pieces. Daniel seven twenty three. So we're we're getting this picture together. Just stay with me. We'll get read some more text here. Revelation thirteen four. So they worshipped the dragon. They worshipped Satan, who gave authority to the beast. Wow, it's coming together, isn't it? And they worship the beast, saying, "Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him?" Sometimes when we show pictures that of the beast and the dragons and everything, people get scared and they say, "Oh, that's so scary!" <laughs> well, just like I had said before, go to Costco or Sam's or one of the or Walmart or one of these stores and buy some. Just look at some of the things our young people buy for their their computer games. Scary beast on there, so it's nothing to be as scared of. It's just how the Bible, you know, the Bible kind of was knowing what was going to happen in our times. It uses the same kind of imagery, doesn't it? And so that's all it is. Well, this this time that we're time period we're at brings us to the legs. Remember the irons of legs. You had the Nebuchadnezzar's dream in Daniel chapter two. It had the, the head of gold, which was Babylon, and you had the, the chest, of uh, silver of which was, what was it, do you remember? Uh, Medo-Persia. And then you had the, the belly of, what was it, brass? Yes, and that was Greece. And then the legs of iron, which is Rome. And, and Rome was, that was a time in the world's history when Jesus was born. We know that from the Bible. So when remember, when Jesus was born, uh, there was a decree put out to kill all the babies. It was a terrible time. So Rome was a, a horrible, persecuting power. Up into the time, putting Jesus, our Savior, God, to death on Calvary. But the tomb, <laughs> that's right, that's the tomb. Uh, I was there, Kathy and I there, not too long, Cami was with us, our film grew, and we looked inside the tomb, and it's still empty. That's right, the tomb is still empty. Jesus is not there, he is risen. Remember, resurrection and mourning, that's what the angel said to the disciples, said to to Mary, he's not here, he's risen, praise God, he's alive. Well, this is the time when Rome is in charge, right after Jesus' time. Now we're in the feet, the 10 toes, something is happening, the donation of Rome, of Rome from Constantine to the Pope takes place. And and so we come down to the fact that the, the church gets larger and larger and larger, and finally, Constantine, he's the one when we think of Christianity, the largest religion in the whole world. Constantine was the emperor who became a Christian. Well, sort of. <laughs> History tells us that Constantine gave Rome to the religious leader of the church. and became a religious political power. Political was still involved in there. This would happen with the two together somewhat for another 200 years. Constantine left. And he went to, over to Istanbul, which he renamed then for his time, Constantinople. And so they had, you had the Eastern Kingdom and you have the Western Kingdom. And so the Pope and, and other other political leaders controlled Rome then for another 200 years. It's interesting. Notice here, the professor of history in the University of Rome, Labanca says, to the succession of the Caesars came the succession of the Pontiffs in Rome. When Constantine left Rome, he gave his seat to the pontiff. The popes filled the place of the vacant emperors of Rome, inheriting their power, prestige, and titles from paganism. Constantine left all to the Bishop of Rome. Wow, (laughs) that's kind of amazing. Page 40 here in Stanley's history. You may want to look at that You continue on. The papacy is but the ghost of the deceased Roman Empire sitting crown upon its grave." Wow. Pagan Rome gave way to papal Rome. And that's what happened. This is history. Honest people are wondering, well, how is that and what's that got to do with Bible prophecy today in the market of the beast? Well, stay with me, we're going to continue on. So it says next, the next point is, would rule for 1260 years. Wow, this is an amazing prophecy. This is the one that I said is seven times in the Bible. Two times in Daniel and and then five times in the book of Revelation, and said in different ways. And I'll show I share that with you. Daniel 7:25, then the saints shall be given unto his hand for a time and times and half a time. We believe from well the translators had translated this differently in today's English version and some other modern translations. They say for three and a half years. So, three and a half years, 360 days in years. As you look at the Hebrew and the Egyptian. Bible calendars and the Bible times, you will find out that the, the years had 360 days or three and a half, which was 1260 days, 360 days in a year. So that's that kind of helps us understand it's 1260. The Bible wants to make it very clear and so we have more and more information. just stay with me. Then the woman in Revelation 12:6 fled into the wilderness where she was a, has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there, 1,260 days. Oh, Revelation 12 makes it very clear. 1,260 days. Okay, in today's English version, it will say for three and one half years. Again, here in Revelation 12, 14. But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness, to her place where she is nourished for a time and a times and a half a time from the presence of the serpent. Revelation chapter 12, verse 14. Let me share with you something from a friend of mine. There's a book called, What the Bible Says About, and here on page 215, 215, it says here, in symbolic prophecy, which Daniel 7 certainly is, and Revelation, we also see it here in Revelation 13, 12, 13, and 14, dealing as it does with such symbols as beasts, horns, and so on, Each prophetic day stands for one actual year. That's what it says in Numbers 14.34, Ezekiel 4.16. On this basis then, 1260 prophetic days equals 1260 actual years. Wow, so you see it's coming together. Let let me share with you, you can just jot this down or take a screenshot of it, but in Daniel 7.25, it says three and a half times in the New Translations. Daniel 12.7, it says three and a half times in the New Translations. And Revelation 11.2, 42 months. Revelation 11.3, 1260 days. Revelation 12.6, 1260 days. Revelation 12.14, three and a half times. Revelation 13.5, 42 months. You multiply that out, the 42 months with 30 days in a month, you keep coming back to 1260. Each day for a year, so it's 1260 years. Isn't that amazing? 1,260 years. Again, here in the book, it says, in AD 538, the Roman Church became the single dominant religious power in Europe. The pagan Roman Emperor Justinian gave to the Pope of Rome civil as well as religious authority. So it's all over. Remember Constantine, Now 200 years later, you, you have this happening. It's all over. The pagan Roman Emperor Justinian gave to the Pope of Rome, civil as well as religious authority. It's the only time in the history of the world, the only time in the history of the world when a religious power also is a political power and has total control over the, the whole of the, uh, of the empire. The Dark Ages followed on the heels of this union of religion and civil authority. God's people were imprisoned, tortured, martyred for 1,260 years from AD 538 to AD 1798. This union of church and state continued throughout Europe. It's amazing. You remember the dragon had 10 horns. Remember the, the, the image, the metallic image that, that King Nebuchadnezzar saw had 10 toes. The, the, the dragon with the 10 horns it all of a sudden became seven. And, and so we know that of, of the 10 divisions of the old Roman empire, seven accepted the supremacy of the Bishop of Rome. The other three opposed his supremacy. War was made on these three, the last of these opposing powers, the Goths were overthrown in 538 AD. This gave papal Rome the undisputed supremacy of the 1260 years, thus began 538 AD, the 1260 years. Amazing, isn't it? The authenticity of these biblical historical facts with the important date of AD, 538, are attested by reputable contemporary historians even. Notice here, in the Encyclopedia Americana, volume three, uh, page 502, in 535, Basilius Valerius, recovered Sicily, and in 536, all Italy south of Rome fell to him. He entered Rome in December 536, withstanding the enemy siege until it was raised in March of 538. So that's our date from history, that's the date. So 1260 literal years would bring us then to 1798. You put it all together, what does that mean? What does 17, what happened? 1260 years, 538 to 1798, 1260 years, what happened then? Well, you'll you you'll see here, he receives a deadly wound in 1798. That's a historical fact. Do you remember as you, you go back to the dark ages, you think of the Emperor Napoleon, he was in charge then and it was Napoleon then Napoleon sent his general Berthier, the French general, to take the Pope prisoner of war. The Pope died in prison 18 months later. This ended the papal supremacy in 1798. Isn't that amazing how the Bible is so much on target. So in 1798, this is again, Americana Encyclopedia 1941 edition. In 1798, Berthier made his entrance into Rome, abolished the Roman papal government, and establish a secular one. So that was the end of the religious papal government. So you had that political religious power that was mixed together as we saw last time as well. Number four, the deadly wound is healed. Really? Yep, the deadly wound is healed. Well, let's look at it. When was that? Not so many years ago, I had the opportunity to fly. I was flying from Johannesburg to West Africa. And I went through Rome. It's kind of a long way around, but the, the, the tickets were cheaper and I took a couple of days and I took a train and went down to Pompeii. Pompeii was Vesuvius. Was it was a, uh, a city during the time of, uh, after the time of Jesus, during the time of the apostles, that the volcano erupted and covered it, and they have unearthed all of it. And a lot of history is, is seen there. One, one thing that's interesting, I noticed when we were there, they told me this. They, they said, notice the lead pipes. Yeah, they had running water back after the time of Jesus, during the time of the disciples. They had running water in Pompeii. You could have baths there and stuff. And so it came into the city through lead pipes and they found out then as they studied the history and they they looked to see how old these people were when they unearthed them from the volcanic ash and they found out they they died in their 30s. (laughs) Well, there's lead poisoning. (laughs) They didn't know that then, but we know that now. You know, when you go to Northern Europe and you ride on a train, you can set your clock, your watch by the train, it's always on time. You get on a train in Northern Europe and you sit down and people are very, very stoic. <laughs> and so they hardly smile. They don't look at you. They don't talk. Uh, that's life. You go to Southern Europe. You go to Italy. And you, I've been on a train there, and I've watched the guys that they get on there. It's life. <laughs> life is a party. <laughs> they sit down. They talk together. One pulls out his briefcase. They pull out some cards. They start playing cards. They laugh. They tell jokes. They tell stories. <laughs> but the train doesn't... <laughs> Start on time. <laughs> it's always a little late or a little early. It's not on time. Well, this hap- happened for years and it still happens today, except for one time. Except for one time during the history, Mussolini during World War II, made it run on time. The trains ran on time, he organized it. But one thing he did, which is very, very interesting, talking about the deadly wound being healed, back to Revelation 13.3, here in the San Francisco Chronicle, 1929, okay, this is what it says. The Roman question tonight was a thing of the past and the Vatican was at peace with Italy and affixing the autographs to the memorial document, healing the wound. So <laughs> the extreme cordiality was displayed on both sides. The Pope was reseated and he received his political power as well as religious power there in the Vatican. So the Vatican City becomes an independent city. Notice it says, San Francisco Chronicle 1929, February 11. the wound is healed, healing the wound. Isn't it interesting? Today, we forgot all about that. We don't even think about it, but it's true. This is what happened in our history. So the deadly wound is healed. Number five, the whole world would wander after the beast. This is a really interesting. Revelation 13.3 says and all the world marveled and followed the beast. They followed this religious political power. NBC News. 2020, uh, that's that just last year, December 8, 2020. NBC News says, big business gets its wings as leaders from major U.S. companies partner with Pope Francis. That's right, over $2 trillion to, to make the, the field level for the rich and the poor to try to pull the world together. That's, that's this move, remember? that I said there's a move toward this one world order it's not going to happen, there's this globalism that we have talked about. It's going to, they're gonna try and they'll have one, it even says in this article that religions have to, have to come together, we have to start worshiping together and not have any stress or strain and we need to, as a pull together, over $2 trillion were set aside to begin this partnership of all these big business companies, huge businesses here in America with the Pope, Pope Francis. Well, so all, it's, this is the globalism, they're pushing for that just like Napoleon did, just like Hitler did, trying to pull it all together and make everything the same. It's just not going to happen. This is prophecy though, this is what the Bible says. So the world would wander after the beast. The beast would speak blasphemy. What is blasphemy? Well, let's, let's look at the text, Revelation thirteen six says, then he opened his mouth and blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. That's amazing, isn't it, blasphemy. What does that mean? Well, when a man claims the office of God or the title of God, when a man claims to forgive sin, that's blasphemy. Let me show you. Here in John 10, 33, it says, "'And the Jews answered him, saying, "'For a good work we do not stone you, "'but for blasphemy, and because you being a man, "'make yourself out to be God.'" Wow, to forgive sins and to be God. Notice here in the dictionary, by Ferrara's Ecclesiastical Dictionary from the, the Vatican. The Pope is of so great dignity and so exalted that he is not a mere man, but as it were, God and the vicar of God. Can you imagine? God on earth, yeah. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason saying, who is this who speaks blasphemy? This is Luke five twenty one who can forgive sins, but God alone, claiming to be God. He was God, Jesus was God, he could do that, he had the privileges of God. First Timothy 2-5, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ. Not a mere man, not a priest, not the Pope, not anyone can take the place of God on earth. That's right, the Catholic priest pages 78 and 79, notice what they say. Seek where you will, through heaven and earth, and you will find but one created being who can forgive the sinner." That extraordinary being is the priest, the Catholic priest. He can forgive, that's just against, totally against what God says in the Bible, isn't it? It's amazing. Remember what I said before, I've I've said this, we have many wonderful, wonderful Catholic friends, many who'll be in heaven. But this is history. This is what we're looking at, the structure. And we're looking at history and seeing how it fits with the Bible. And we're amazed, and we're amazed that anyone would claim to be God or have the prerogatives of God to forgive sins. That is blasphemy. Number seven, he wages war against the saints. Well, this is also very clear. As we said last time, it was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them and authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation, Revelation 13:7. So he has this authority, and he overcomes them, he persecutes the saints. Wow, well, we know that between 50 and 100 million people died in the Dark Ages. Remember, that's a 1260-year period. Can you imagine that? Notice what it says here, in Public Ecclesiastical Law, Volume 2, page 142. The church may, by divine right, confiscate the property of heretics, they, who determines who's a heretic. Well, if you if you read the Bible and disagree with what the, the church says, it says, the church may by divine right confiscate the property of heretics, imprison their persons, and condemn them to the flames. That's why between 50 and 100 million people died in the flames during the Dark Ages. That's why they were called the Dark Ages, the Dark Ages. It's amazing, isn't it? Well, it's all there in history, we know, what happened with the Waldensians, the Huguenots, the, um, just just amazing. We've been up there to the, as I mentioned before, up to the Waldensian Valley, the Vaudois, and we've seen where they would copy scripture out by hand because you, you couldn't find a Bible in the, in the Dark Ages. If you found one, it was chained to the, a monastery wall, and they got copies somehow of a Bible, and they would copy and copy and copy. And When found out, they were burned alive, many of them, thousands and thousands of them, but they gave their lives for, Jesus, because they wanted to tell the truth about God. That we can go to God boldly to the throne of grace, only to Him. He says, if you confess your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive you. And only Jesus, by the blood of Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's not about a system. No, no. Number 8 you he'll thank the changed times and laws. We've seen this before. Just to recap. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High. He shall persecute the saints of the Most High and shall intend to change times and law. In Revelation 22, 19, if anyone take away from the words of the book, if you try to change God's word, in other words, take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city. It's a serious thing to tamper with the law of God, to try to change the law, the very law of God, that God gave us the 10 commandments. He wrote them with his own fingers. Amazing, Jesus said, remember, John fourteen fifteen. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Because you love Jesus, you'll keep his commandments, all 10 commandments, not the ones that are convenient. <laughs> Sometimes we think, oh, I can pick and choose. Not with God, he gives us 10, not 10 suggestions, but 10 commandments, he said, do this and live. Wow, amazing, isn't it? Notice this, the Vatican, the Pope has power to change times, to abrogate laws, and to dispense with all things, even the precepts of Christ. Wow, it's amazing the change, the Church changed God's law. They attempted to change God's law. 1923, The Catholic Record, September 1. Sunday is our mark. Now I find this to be a very interesting. We're talking about the mark of the beast, the mark of power, mark of authority. Sunday is our mark of authority. The church is above the Bible, and this transference of Sabbath observance is proof of that fact. Incredible. The mark of the church's power is the fact that the Sabbath of the Bible was changed to Sunday, the day of the sun, a pagan day, which is this political religious power, this mark of authority, it's attempted change. Yes, it's uh, that's why around the world you see all these people going, to worship on Sunday, but they don't realize it's sun worship, it's Sunday. It comes from the mark of authority of the Catholic Church. It's it's amazing. It was only an attempt to change, only attempt to change. Notice here, and faith of our fathers, Cardinal Gibbons, page 561 says, you may read the Bible from Genesis. That's right. Take the Bible, (laughs) read it all the way through from Genesis to Revelation. You may take the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, and you will not find a single line authorizing the sanctification of Sunday. The scriptures enforce the religious observance of Saturday. We know that, the Sabbath. That's what the Ten Commandments says. Well, thank you, Cardinal Gibbons, for making that <laughs> clear to us. The Catholic record. Sunday is founded not on scripture, but on tradition, and is distinctly a Catholic institution. Remember the words of Jesus there in Acts chapter five, verse 29, we ought to obey God rather than man. What what does God make holy? Think about it. Well, God is holy. The Bible is holy. Uh, our body is holy. The tithe is holy. We've said that in the Sabbath. He sanctified the Sabbath. He made it holy. He set aside as a holy day. It's God. You know, sometimes we get so confused about all the world. We just need to go back to the Bible. If it's in the Bible, I believe it. If was not in the Bible. It's not for me. The Bible is our guide. Are we going to take tradition or what man says? No. Satan's in charge of all that. We know that he's been the great opposer to truth for ever since Jesus came, and before, throughout the Old Testament, we see his horrible things that he does, and the whole universe watches on, and they become more and more convinced that God is right. God is right. He said to them, "All too well." This is in Mark seven nine. You need to. Write this text down. He said to them, all too well you reject the commandment of God. You reject God's commandments. You see what's happening in Jesus' day, not just our day, that you may keep your, what? <laughs> your tradition. And so the church is saying, our tradition is more important than what Jesus says. No, his commandments. He gave us the commandments because he loves us. Yeah. Number nine, all shall worship the beast. Now yeah, there we go. We're at that point now where people are worshiping. Remember the beast is this political religious power. People are saying, yes, we'll follow. That's why governments, that's why heads of states go and they have a meeting with the Pope. It, it, it happens, it happens. And we see it in, from my country, we see it in other countries. That's, it, it's just amazing, that's why big government, that's why big business in America, these huge companies are making an alliance with Pope Francis. Go with me now to Revelation chapter 13, verse eight. All who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life, of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And and the quote, let's go back to Malachi, Malachi Martin. Notice this, Pope John Paul II insists, Malachi Martin says, that men have no reliable hope of creating a viable geopolitical system unless it is on the basis of the Roman Catholic Christianity. Wow, (laughs) can you imagine that? World leaders then continue to go. When new presidents come in my country, or England, or any place else, they tend to go and have an audience with the Pope. It's just amazing. So, all shall worship the beast. Number 10, last one, here we go. This is what you've been waiting for, some of you, the number 666, well, let me just say, that 666 probably is the least of the other marks. We have all these different different uh, marks of telling us exactly what this beast is and what the power is and everything, but 666 is, is the most, well, it can be applied to uh, political leaders, it can be applied to lots of people, but it does fit. And so that's, that is amazing too. Here in Revelation chapter thirteen eighteen, here is wisdom, let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man his number is 666. Now you're aware that, that uh, the alphabet, uh, ha- each, each letter in the alphabet has, has a, a numerical value. And so people can take the, the, n- the names, like I said, of presidents and other people and, put, and do the same thing. But notice here, this is our Sunday visitor, April 18, 1915. The letters inscribed in the Pope's metra are these, Vicarius Philly, Dei, which is, in the Latin, for vicar of the Son of God. Well, if you take that vicar, uh, the Son of God, vicarious filling, Dei, here it is, you can look at it and see and do the math yourself, it comes out to 666. Six, six. It's kind of amazing, because it all fits with everything else, and because it fits so well, it's exact. We have no doubt, we have no doubt that we're on the right track. This is what it is, folks. Revelation 13, 16. He causes all both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead. This is a mark of allegiance. It is a, a mental assent. It says, yes, I, I'm not gonna keep God's commandments as God has written them. I'm gonna do what the world is saying I must do, otherwise I'll receive all this, all these plagues and everything and I won't be able to buy or sell. Then comes the death decree, it, it's amazing. Revelation 13, 17, that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark of the beast, the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Yeah, that, that's what the Bible says. What is a mark? What is a mark of disloyalty? A mark a mark of, in the Bible, seven is a perfect number. You know, you know, we have seven days in the week, and the only reason we, have you ever thought about that? I think I said, I know I said this in a previous presentation. Have you ever thought, though, there's a scientific reason why we have the year, the month, that's right, the day, because, you know, we rotate and move and everything, but of the week, there's no scientific reason, but God said there are seven days in a week, and the seventh day is the Sabbath day, the day he, we, we worship God because he's our creator. He's our creator. We, we're made in his image. It's thrilling. The beast, the numbers are six. God's number is seven. Six, six, six is the beast number. That's the important thing to remember. God's number is seven. Seven is a seventh. Every person must choose. Every person must choose. Here in Revelation chapter 14, 12, here's the patience of the saints. Here are they who keep, what? <laughs> look at that, just look at it. There it is, who keep the commandments of God. All the commandments, not just the ones that are convenient and easy. Sometimes we think, I don't want to be different. I want to look like, everyone. I want to comply. Wow, well, no. God's people are the ones who are going to be saved. Here's the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. They trust in Jesus. That's why Jesus says, John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Exodus 28 to 11. Remember, God said, <laughs> you know, these people down here in 2020, 2021, 2022, they're gonna forget. So he says, remember, back in the fourth commandment, there's he wrote the, the Ten Commandments with his own finger. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you will labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. For in six days, this is the reason, here's the reason, it reminds us he's our creator. We're gonna get into this more too, but God is our creator. We, we're, we didn't evolve from a tadpole. No, God spoke and it was done. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Then a third angel, go back to Revelation now, the three angels' messages, a third angel followed them saying with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself would also drink of the wine of the wrath of God. Revelation 14, 9 and 10 the wine of the wrath, don't do it, don't do it. Worship God, keep his, all His commandments, worship Him on the Sabbath, even though the whole world changes. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Let, let's go now to the book of Revelation. I want you to see something that God's commandments tell us to, to keep His commandment, the fourth commandment, written by His own finger. Now, let's, let's, let's go over here now to the book of Revelation the three angels' messages, the third message, then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast, wow, and his image, and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink in the wine of the wrath of God. No, 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 we want to focus on following God and keeping his commandments. Folks, don't, don't sell yourself short, and don't sell your soul to be like everybody else. There's, there's a There'll be a whole movement to comply with this geopolitical system that's coming. A whole movement to be like everybody else. Don't do it. Focus on God's commandments. Jesus loves you so much, he would have died just, just for you. Yeah. You open a Bibles, read read the first angel's message in Revelation 14, six and seven. It's about worship. It's worship. And, and then we know that Jesus says in Matthew 15, nine, and in vain they worship me, teaching, as doctrines, the commandments of men. We bring that back to you. The world back at Jesus times were doing that. They're doing it now, and we're gonna see it more with this new globalism. Wow, teaching us doctrines, the commandments of men. The worship on the first day of the week and not the Sabbath, not the fourth commandment. Changing, you can't change the law of God. It's God, he's the creator. Amazing, he loves you so much. There is good news, very good news, Revelation, 15 too, and I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire and those who had the victory over the beast, victory over the beast, over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, having harps of God. Jesus tells us, he says, you're two times mine. Remember, I told you the story about the little boy that Kathy and I saw when we were walking on the beach there in Mindoro, in the Philippines. He showed us a boat he had made. It reminded us of the of the story that I told you, and Kathy's gonna sing about that again, about the little boy. He and his daddy built a boat together, and he would sail it on the, on the lake. And one day, the wind came up and blew it to the other side of the lake, and he ran around to looking for it, but it was gone. Because he had broken the string, and blew away. He went into town the next day, and he saw the boat in the window of a store, and he went in, he said to the, the store owner, that's my boat! <laughs> and The store owner said, what are you talking about? No, that boat, that's my boat. He said, listen, that's my boat. No, 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 you don't understand. My daddy and I made the boat. And the store owner said, you don't understand. I bought the boat yesterday from a little boy just like you. He brought it in, he said he had found the boat and he wanted to sell it to me, so I bought it for $5. If you want the boat, you have to give me $5. Oh, the boy was so so upset, he went home and he looked at his piggy bank and he found he had just $5. He brought the $5 back. He laid it down on a counter and he said to the man in the store, I want to buy my boat. <laughs> so he bought it and he's walking home. He looks at the boat and he says, you're two times mine. I made you and I bought you, you're two times mine. Jesus says, you're two times mine. Kathy's sing that song for us again.
1: The little boy built a boat, built it out of love, put it in the river. A string tied the two together, but the current broke that string, and the boat drifted away. The little boy made a promise, a drop in his eye one day he'd reclaim the boat and bring the two back together well it didn't take too long when he saw the boat in the window of a store well he saved all his money and he bought the boat as he walked away you could hear him say now you're mine, mine, two times mine. Once because I made you, once because I bought you. Now you're mine, mine, two times mine. Both times cause I love you so. God made a man, made him with his love, put him in the world. Love tied the two together, but it didn't take too long, and the man drifted away. God made a promise from his throne on high. One day he'd reclaim the man and bring the two back together. It didn't take too long when he sent down Jesus, his only son. Well, he sacrificed his son that day. If you listen close, you can hear him say, Now your mom. because I made you once because I bought you now you're mine
2: mine
1: two times mine both times cuz I love you so now you're mine mine two times mine once because I made once because I bought you, now you're mine Mine, two times mine Both times cause I love you so Both times cause I love you so Don't you know God loves you so?
2: I hope you have enjoyed listening to the end-time prophetic events. Whether you've never before opened a Bible or have been studying it all your life, you'll gain new insights from this series. By looking at Revelation and Daniel as well as other books of the Bible, you'll find that the Bible itself clearly unlocks the mysteries of Bible prophecies. This will transform what may feel like a confusing book into something clear and understandable. If you want to learn more Bible truth, or ask a Bible question, or perhaps find freedom, healing and hope in Jesus, please give us a call. Our WhatsApp number is one 1-240-222-0777. We are certain that you'll gain a deeper understanding of Jesus' love for you and emerge with an even closer relationship with Him. For more information, visit us on the web at bible.awr.org or send us an email at bible.awr.org